Hi, I'm Katie Roaring. And I'm Eric Roaring. And we're the founders of Fontana Candle Co. In four years, we took our hobby of making candles in our basement and selling them at craft shows and makers markets, and we turned Fontana into a nationally recognized e-commerce brand. This year, we are doing seven figures of revenue, and we have 12 employees. So how did we do it? Welcome to the Candle Couple Podcast, where we will share the nitty-gritty of scaling our e-commerce brand quickly. We are spilling the tea, so hopefully we can help you scale your brand quickly, too. This is episode 15, Selling Your Candles Wholesale. I feel like there could be a lot in this topic. There could be a lot in this topic, yes. There's a lot of things that make up wholesale. And wholesale to me today feels very different than it did when we first started. Yes. So wholesale when we started was literally walking around to boutiques and shops and seeing if they would carry our candle. Mm -hmm. Like sales reps for ourselves, basically, we would take a couple samples of candles and we would take our business card and we would head off on an afternoon and try to find some retail shops to put our candles in. And I remember like going with my aunt to Philadelphia mainline area, like Mm -hmm. an hour and a half away from here and doing the same thing there. It was very locally based. So that's hard to scale doing it that way. Is wholesale a part of your business that you want Is it a viable part of your business? Is it a viable part of your business to do wholesale? And that really comes down to your pricing. So in our last episode, we talked about our pricing and how we set everything up for that. The important piece of doing wholesale is making sure that you are able to maintain your minimum price required to cover all of your costs and be able to sell that at wholesale while being able to give your wholesale client their margin. They need at least a 50% Mm -hmm. margin based on our experience. And so if your candles or if your products aren't priced as such, then don't even consider doing wholesale. Do not sell product below your minimum costs because you will lose money. I have mixed feelings about wholesale. I don't love it, but it's a very important part of our business because we've talked about in our previous episode, candle business, it's a volume business and wholesale is an amazing way to drive volume. That's right. If you can cover your costs and your overhead with your volume with wholesale, anything you sell on your retail website or a pop-up shops is extra money in your pocket. Cover your costs with wholesale if possible and then make your money with direct. To Direct consumer. to consumer e-commerce yeah. sales. The one thing I, I don't love about wholesale is you do lose control of the product. Do. You lose control of the way the product's portrayed, the way the product's stored, the way the product's shipped if they're an online business. Like you do lose that touch point with your customer and you lose control over an important brand element. How did we start our first wholesale account? How did we get into that? I think one of our biggest avenues of gaining wholesale connections was through our local makers markets. Mm-hmm. We were at makers markets often and a lot of shop owners do frequent makers markets mm-hmm. and pop-up shops. And that was a really good avenue for them to come in, see our product, talk to us, understand mm-hmm. who we were as a business. And it was a very sly way of seeing if I mean, we would be a good fit for them. It's kind of like a networking experience it going is. to the maker's markets. Do a maker's market, do a pop-up shop because you will make a lot of connections. Mm-hmm. 
you'll make connections both on a supply side, a retailer side, on peer side with other makers. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very beneficial tool to use, especially as you're starting. Do pop-up shops. You will meet a lot of people and you will probably make some wholesale connections doing them. Yes. I mean, we really, in the beginning, built basically a little local network just by going to shows and markets and talking to people. When you also talk about wholesale, there are two different types of wholesale that you can do. One is just direct wholesale where you sell it to your wholesale client at a 50% margin for them and you call it good. Or you can do consignment. Consignment is where you own the inventory at the shop that you are doing your consignment at and they pay you every month based on what is sold. They keep a percentage and they pay you the rest. Now there's two folds to this. One, your inventory is sitting at another person's shop Mm -hmm. that you are still responsible for. You are out the inventory. You do not have the cash in hand. You cannot sell that inventory on your website or at any other fair. Your money doesn't come in until the end of the month. So Mm -hmm. if they sold it on day one, you don't get paid until the next month. If you get paid. I mean, most shops are very, very good about it, but you don't know that shop's financial standing. I've known businesses that have gone under and then their consignment people never got paid. Well, and to your point, you are extending credit Mm -hmm. terms to a consignment shop because they are going to take your money from your sale. They're going to take 100% of the proceeds and put it into their bank account. If they're not a well-run company... They're just going to use that profit or that money to fund their ongoing daily costs. So if you have consignment in a poorly run shop, you are taking a risk. You are extending credit to them. So be very careful of who you extend consignment terms to. I would say maybe the one benefit of consignment is that the percentage that you receive back is typically a little higher than you would get wholesale. You are taking more risk doing consignment. You're extending credit. You're using operating working capital at another person's shop. You are tying up your resources and inventory at another person's shop. So you better get paid more. Where you are getting a 50% margin plus or minus when you're selling Mm -hmm. wholesale, you better be getting a 60, 70% Mm -hmm. margin when you're doing consignment. You are taking more risk you have to get paid more money. Personally, for us in our business, where it stands now in this mid seven figure range, we do not do any consignment. No, we don't do consignment. There are a host of issues that it comes down to tracking inventory of every SKU at every shop, understanding exactly what was sold and reconciling inventory. So you have to trust that that shop owner is doing inventory for you or you have to go yourself or have an employee go and count inventory for that's, you at those shops. That's what we did when we were in one consignment shop yeah. and it took so much time. Yes, you are getting paid more doing consignment, but it is taking so much more time and so much more risk. And the inventory never matched up. It never matches up. You no. are responsible for shrink. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for stolen items or broken items. It's all on your account. You still own that inventory. Be very careful doing consignment. You are able to get into more shops Mm -hmm. doing consignment. More shops are able and more willing to 
accept you. So it is a good way to break into a shop. If you need to start with that and say, hey, can we do consignment for a couple of months, see how they move? And that might give them some appetite of, okay, we'll buy your item and get more margin in the shop. So it is a very good way to get into wholesale accounts. Yes. Just be aware of the extra risks associated with it. Risks and time costs. So yeah, like we say, if it goes out our door, we want to be paid for it immediately. And the same thing goes for a lot of artisan boutiques, rent out spaces mm -hmm. in them that you could rent a booth with a monthly rental fee. We did it once and we actually did it in a wholesale mall, I guess you would call it. What yeah. would you call that? It was like a wholesale mall. In the tourist area mm -hmm. where we live. We did it once. We will never do it again. I think we did it for about three or four months. Yeah, we broke our contract. I yeah, remember it was, that. That was a bad deal. We didn't merchandise it correctly. I'll say yeah. we did a half-ass merchandising attempt. I would say that's not entirely the wholesaler's fault. It's more on us. We didn't stage it right. Mm -hmm. Our product wasn't in the right venue it was have the most expensive booth either no. so it was kind of shoved in the no. back we didn't have the cash to fully prep out a full-size no. booth and we didn't have enough inventory there no. i mean it takes it's so much work if you're doing consignment and you haven't sold your products it is a lot more work because you are doubling your inventory you need more cash to do consignment and you need a lot of time to reconcile inventories. But and this is worse than consignment because you're paying a monthly fee for space. You're paying rent. Well, yeah, exactly. If you're also paying for your space, yeah. then it's a double-edged sword. That was a couple hundred dollars a month at that it was, yeah. wholesale mall. So that was an interesting concept to try. And I'm glad we tried it. Now we know not to do it. I think we learned that our brand isn't really that tourist country, down home it was country, home country store. style. Yeah. And that's yeah. not our brand. No. We didn't fit in there. So the clients coming in to shop that area weren't our clients. No. So it just didn't work out very well, which... Expensive lesson learned. It was an expensive lesson learned. So do your research of if you're doing or finding these pop-up shops, don't just shotgun any store. No. That will take you. And Make I feel sure like you do fits. that in the beginning because you you're just so excited for every opportunity that comes up and you just want your candles to be everywhere. And it takes a while to learn that, oh, wait, that's not the best approach. Well, like we said in the beginning, candles are a volume item. Yes. You need to sell a lot of them, which means you need to have them in a lot of spots. When you're doing consignment, it's costing you by having extra inventory and the cash tied up in that inventory that it's extremely expensive. So yes, it's great to shotgun your venues, but it's extremely expensive. So make sure you have candles sitting in properly located stores with the right clientele mm -hmm. for your product so that you can move them quickly and get paid quickly. Candles are a seasonal business. We talked about this in a previous episode. So make sure you're stocked for the season. If it's summer, don't be taking a whole bunch of stock of candles there. They're just going to sit. So be stocked for the season. One of our biggest wholesale orders that ever came in was through an online retailer who was a, a big influencer in the wellness space. She was a major Massive. influencer. Yep. And we got our first PO from her and it was like $25,000. Yes. Hundreds of candles, thousands of the candles. The biggest order we've ever received. Ever received. We had no idea if we could fulfill it. Like I remember getting her email and being like, is this for real? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was about 50% of our previous year's revenue, that yeah. one PO. And so there was a ton of understanding. So if you're used to doing the e-com where you're sending out one, two, three, five candles mm -hmm. to one customer, pack it in peanuts, you mm -hmm. wrap it, put it in easy post and send it out. 
This is very different. It's very different. As soon as you get into pallet-sized quantities, you are doing a very different logistical plan. And this was the first pallet we've ever packed and shipped. ever packed and shipped. Protect yourself. One of the biggest things when you are doing large shipments is understanding what your INCO terms are. I-N-C-O, INCO terms. Mm -hmm. Google it, understand what they are, and understanding how you are selling is very important. You have one favorite INCO term that you use to protect us all the time. Do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, so my favorite INCO term is really, it's called FOB, basically says that once the freight transfers onto the truck, the ownership of that item Mm -hmm. transfers to the buyer. So that means if the truck gets into an accident along the route, that inventory is not yours. Your buyer owns it on the road. Yes. So there's a lot less risk. There's a lot less insurance you have to worry about. There's a lot less hazard. So you put it into the box and into the truck in good condition and it arrives bad. It's on the buyer. But you have to make sure you spell that out explicitly. To the buyer. If you or your buyer does not understand INCO terms well, this can cause a lot of troubles. INCO terms are industry standard. That's what they are. But if you aren't aware of what they are and if you aren't aware of what the legal precedence mm-hmm. is with each one, you have to spell it out. Otherwise, that protection isn't going to help you and you're just going to have a really angry buyer. Because we did spell it out. And there Three was, times. Yes. And there was a minor issue in shipping. I mean, we were really concerned because, of course, this the biggest order ever was all the way across the country. Yep. It was on the exact opposite coast. Almost, in the heat. Almost in Mexico. I mean, it was right on the border of California, Mexico. And it was, what, still warm out. Mm-hmm. It was still, what? September, October. September, October. So it was still hot down there. And we were so concerned that the pallet would melt in transit. Yep. And we tried to explain that to her. We put tons of ice packs in yep. it and a thermal blanket. Yeah, we bought a thermal pallet blanket. So we spent an extra $250 on packaging material, yes. specialty packaging material to keep it cool. But we told her that as a small company, we could not take the risk of owning that pallet as it went across the country. Yep. So the only way we would sell it was on those Inco terms. Yeah, that's right. And she didn't fully understand. No. Explain, 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 get it in writing, get it in an email and double check and then send it again. Inco terms protect you as the seller if you set them up right. If you do not know what you need to sell... Google Inco terms. Be very careful yes. taking a large order that you can't. The amount of time that that order took for us to make and then case out and palletize, that was, it was, that was an experience. It was a huge experience, but one I would do over and over and over again. We had to make it work. That was just the thing we had to do to grow this business. It was scary. It was Mm -hmm. hard. It was nerve wracking and exciting. Fortunately, it worked out, but we did a ton of preparation before and knew a lot of pitfalls to look out for. I mean, we didn't do anything special to find this buyer. She just found us because we really became a leader in our niche online. We have a huge following on Instagram. That's where she found us. So that was no extra marketing dollars on our part to land that account. All right. So scaling wholesale can be tricky. 
can be very tricky. Honestly, how do you go from landing your local shops to really branching out across the country? This for us was really a game changer when we got accepted to FAIR. Mm. We had applied six times to it, denied each time because there's too a, many. There's too many candles on yeah, there. There's thousands of candles on there. <laughs> said, sorry, we don't have room for you. After our sixth time, we got accepted and now fair is a huge driver of our yes. business it's now wholesale is about 10 percent of our total revenue this has really been instrumental uh using fair i love fair it's mm -hmm. an online e-commerce tool basically for wholesale. it streamlines everything everything it's an amazing software if you haven't seen fair or if you're not aware of fair and wholesale is in your growth plan check fair mm -hmm. out and see if you can get on it it is a game changer in the wholesale market. For us, it saves because everything's so streamlined with our Shopify and our fair and being able to email the customers right from fair. We save so much admin time because wholesale, you end up having so many different systems that don't work together, like your QuickBooks for your invoicing. And then you have your inventory software. Like wholesale can get really complicated. It can get very complicated with a lot of extra Excel spreadsheets mm -hmm. and management of inventories. And it can change your inventory projections really quickly in your manufacturing process because if you're used to 10 sales coming in a day with five candles and then all of a sudden you get a wholesale order for 50 candles well how long is it going to take you to recover that inventory build that inventory to fulfill your online orders as well as that wholesale order don't just go out into wholesale willy-nilly make sure you have a plan on how to build that inventory for those larger sales I mean, there were a couple holiday seasons, 2020 and 2021, where during the holiday season, we could not keep enough stock. So we turned off wholesale to new accounts because we could just could not make enough candles. So we yep. wanted to make sure our website was stocked first and foremost. That was the number one priority for us because of the margins on our website. Obviously, it makes the most business sense for us. And then number two, our returning wholesale customers. So we did. We turned off all new accounts and we said, we'll talk to you in January. One of the other parts when you get into wholesale is your packout's going to change. Mm -hmm. When you're shipping one or two candles at a time, and then you're shipping one for 20, 30, 40, 50 candles, your packout's very different. You need larger boxes. Your weights are going to be much higher. So if you push over 50 pounds, you're really going to have an expensive freight rate. You don't want to hit over 50. You don't so want to hit wanna, over 50. You want to split those shipments that are over 50 pounds. Yep. So there's a learning experience with how to do large packouts. And that's something that you just kind of have to play with when they come in and learn how to pack them. We have multiple shippers for our business now. And it's because wholesale is just a different animal. We only have one of our shippers trained on wholesale. She's like our wholesale shipping specialist. So then this comes to our largest section of wholesale. This is one we are not in. We are not no. in retail. We are not in those large, large retail accounts nope. with the big box players. We have said no to anthropology. We've said no to Whole Foods and we've said no to Thrive Market. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that, Katie? That's the biggest regret I have in our business to date. Yeah. And why is that? Because I feel like Thrive Market, it's just, it's the top leader in our niche. Yeah. Like those are our customers and they're already getting their groceries from Thrive. So it'd be so easy for them to add a candle to the grocery order. That was a missed opportunity, mm -hmm. but it was the right 
decision to make. They approached us at the wrong time. They did. We could never have kept up with their volume. Remember that holiday season that I said we blocked out new accounts? That's the season they came to say hi to us. And if we would have said yes to that, we would have just been another brand in Thrive. If you cripple your own website by getting volume to another wholesaler or to another account, your website is dry and you can't build your brand through your own channels. You are now relying on Thrive to tell your story and they will never tell your story as passionately as you. No, you're just one brand out of a sea of brands. And sitting on their shelf. That's right. If you can't tell and fill your story through your brand, through your website and your channels, don't rely on somebody else to do it for you. They aren't. Don't spread yourself thin by trying to get into a big retailer and not satisfy your own customers. That's one of the reasons why we said no to anthropology. A, their margins that they wanted were absolutely outrageous. And B, because we were going to be one of their first truly clean candles. They couldn't guarantee to us how they would tell that story. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We used to have to accept any type of return based on our contract, but you can't guarantee how you're going to tell our story. Our return rate is probably going to be so high. Because you spend a lot of time educating our Mm -hmm. customers on our candles aren't going to fill your house with scent like a big brand fragrance candle. You cannot expect an essential oil candle to perform like a fragrance candle. And without being able to tell that story through anthropology, I was too nervous to move forward with them. I think even looking back, we've made the right decision to say no to all of those big players. I I do really regret the Thrive, though. I feel bad about missing the timing. I don't regret it. I mean, I'll be outright. I mean, I have the buyer's emails. I check in with her maybe once a quarter. She's not interested in us anymore. It's like pulling... She wanted us when she wanted us, and now she doesn't want us. But that's the thing. We didn't kill ourselves to get to thrive by shutting our business down, who could have kicked us out at any point in time, and then our business would have been nothing. In my eyes, we made the best decision for our business by not taking that opportunity. I understand. It just hurts now that they don't want us. Yeah, (laughs) it always hurts not being wanted. Yes. (laughs) So there is another way to define these large counts. And you typically, I mean, let's be honest, you do have to pay to play. And we paid to play last year. And we still got nothing. We used a wholesale rep. Would you call it that? So we used the Addit program through Beauty Independent, which I mean, it was a great experience. I loved our rep. She was amazing. She truly loved our brand and she was always pushing for us. Mm-hmm. She was wonderful. Mm-hmm. We met with some big buyers and we did take some key we did not get into any wholesale accounts through the through the program, but we got some really really important feedback from meeting with these big buyers. Yes, we did. I would say it was worth it with with the knowledge that we learned. I would say the knowledge we learned was awesome, mm-hmm. but it was extremely expensive yeah. knowledge. You get to a point, though, it's like you have to pay to play. There's no way around it. And then we found out we had the opportunity to go with one, but that's when they wanted like 75% margin and free shipping mm-hmm. and free returns on everything. The problem is when you get bigger and bigger wholesale accounts, they want more and more from you. It'll cripple small business. It will. Yeah. It will cripple you. So be very careful when you get to the bigger wholesale accounts. Do you want to continue trying to court big wholesalers? I think you're kind of, you're done with it. Yep. See, I'm different. I think a couple key niche large retailers would be important for the growth of our brand. 
I think for the growth of the brand, yes, but for the health of the company, no. There's going to reach a point, though, where we're going to saturate the niche through online and social media. I agree. Like that's going to come to a point where we have to do something to diversify how we acquire new customers. I very much agree. I don't think it's through large retailers in the near future. Maybe not in the near future, but I'd say a couple At some years point, down yes. the road, yes. At some point, yes. But our facility and our site is not set up for large retail yet. So someday, yes, not right now. Subscribe and follow along for more e-commerce success tips so you can build a seven-figure e-commerce candle brand too.